0: This week on Casa de Confidence, we are so fortunate to have Raina Rose Exelbeard, Chief Empowerment Officer at the Rose Grows. Raina uses her voice to inspire others to turn their challenges into their greatest victories. Raina has spoken to over 100,000 people in various demographics, and she helps ignite others' passions by sharing her own story. Welcome to Casa de Confidence,
1: a podcast for women
0: and some cool dudes
1: going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca-Collins,
0: and your sidekick, handsome hot husband. That again.
1: I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I'm a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Hey Julie! Hello, Daniel Collins.
0: How are you today?
1: I am fantastic today.
0: You are fantastic.
1: Mm, I
0: think think you're just amazing.
1: Well, you're pretty biased when it comes to me.
0: Well, you know what? (laughs) I think.
1: Ooh, you're thinking.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was thinking of our guest this week and how she likes to inspire people and children. And she wrote a (laughs) child's book, you know?
1: She wrote a children's book. She was inspired when her dad passed away and through COVID, and during COVID, she wrote it.
0: But do you know the name of her book?
1: Yes. And I have to tell you that the one thing about this book is that um, I, I totally identify with the topic, uh, I mean, with the title of the book. Mm-hmm. It's called The Girl Who Said Hello to Everyone. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was her name Julie? <laughs>
1: No, she, this is about Raina, but I can identify because I would say hello and I still do say Mm -hmm. hello to everyone. I tend to get into conversation with most people when I'm out and about.
0: Well, you know why I was being a little positive there at the end? I'm I'm always positive, but you know what one of her, her things is? I was looking at her website. Yeah. Kindness is cool.
1: It sure is. It sure is. I, you know, I met Raina through one of my masterminds this year Mm -hmm. and I have to say this mastermind in particular I have met the most incredible women chasing their dreams but making a difference in the lives of other women in the world because you know they decided like oh I really have a passion or I really feel this is my purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is why, you know, we, we have gotten to be so friendly and, and know each other because we, we all feel that nudge of chasing after our dream in conjunction to making an impact in the world. Mm. And this is why I love Reina because, oh my gosh, when I, I wish at her age, cause I'm old now, you're I could old. have gotten my shit together. Well, but let me tell you,
0: you're you're seasoned.
1: I'm seasoned, great, thank you, Daniel. You're but welcome. I really wish I could have gotten my, I had my stuff together the way that she does, and she's out there mentoring women. Oh, you know what that I also love about Raina, her middle name Rose, is mm-hmm.
0: that her. You're, you're jealous of her middle name. I,
1: I'm jealous that she gets to put roses all over her branding mm. and especially the beautiful pink roses which are my favorite i know i know so i i love that and um she's fantastic she's phenomenal um and when i get to meet her in person because i mean and in, 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 listen in the past couple of weeks well, you, we've been chatting a lot
0: well you know it's a cool thing you're just what? talking about the roses hmm the dot com. You can go and you can see her sitting right in front of a bunch of roses. Yeah, in the I know. Background.
1: I know. I'm I'm a little jelly about that. I wish I had that. I know. I wish I. You know, I do have roses. I have. I'm looking at my wonderful picture from Chelsea Tucker mm-hmm. in front of me, which is roses. Um, <clears throat>
0: and I remember in the beginning when you're trying to find your, you know. Your, your brand trying to find out who you were and who are you going to serve
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we were doing logos for the company yeah. and you know like every new company yes and by the way that's not what you should be doing it, that's what i'm going to say any new entrepreneur julie's like oh we're going to start a company oh let me work at a logo <laughs> and i was on it and i had like 15 logos made up, all with roses in them.
1: Such a waste of time. Yes. No, if you're starting your business. Be,
0: should not be your first thought. No, your it is not. Find your avatar. Find and, out who you can serve. And actually, getting a little distracted, but that's a pretty good lesson there. So it's funny that all the rose, if I look in the, I was looking in the old files the other day, and has so bunch of logos <laughs> and roses in them. <laughs> And even though you love roses, in your blog from back in the day that you still have is NewYorkRedRose.com if you want to check it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not an
0: ad. All the things that you did and went through in your travels and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's really cool. But that really, that's not what it turned out to be in the end. But I digress. I- if your name is Raina Rose... <laughs> you can use roses all you want. Listen, Daniel, I do That's want to awesome. correct you. you. You did. I'm being corrected. No,
1: well, well, you said something really good. You do have to find who you serve,
0: <laughs> no matter what you're doing.
1: But before you can figure out who you serve, you need to figure out.
0: I know. I know the answer. Oh, my god. I goodness. know the answer. Okay, ding, ding, ahead. ding,
1: teacher. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. But I may have to you correct
0: you. You need to find out what your values are.
1: Well, um, was the close? Close. You need Ugh. to figure out what your personal brand is. And your personal brand is comprised from knowing your values. Aha.
0: Uh-huh. The first step.
1: Knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, the opportunities that you may have to offer what you have to others. Okay. And understanding where you're lacking. Because if Ugh. you don't know your weaknesses, you're going to fail.
0: So I was getting the bits and pieces, but I wasn't getting the full picture.
1: Yeah. You know, personal branding, and this is so funny. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the women that, that took advantage of the of the Black Friday Cyber Monday special, I have gotten to meet with them. Not all of them yet, but I have gotten to meet with a few of them so far. And the first thing that they're working on is really identifying that personal brand. Right. And for me, I know that it may seem like, oh my God, why am I doing this? But Really, you have to know what you stand for, because if you don't know what you stand for, you're going to chase a lot of different things like I did. I mean, like, how, how many weeks did we go through? And I was trying to figure out, like, oh, should I have pink? Should I, what shade of pink? And should I have a squiggly? Like, you know, your logo comes, but that doesn't get your clients.
0: Did you say squiggly?
1: I, I, I know. <laughs> I meant squirrely. I don't, I don't know what I meant. How about
0: Squiggly. Yeah, that's what I meant. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, Julie. Yes, Daniel. What are you drinking?
1: I am drinking coffee, and I have to say... I am, too. It's... Okay, so I went to Whole Foods yesterday Uh with Erica, because we were in Glastonbury, Mm -hmm. and Erica needed to get some stuff at Whole Foods, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I need to go find me some good coffee at Whole Foods, and I went in, and of course... I did my little song and dance in which I looked at all of the choices: mountain grown, uh, Colombian, Italian, not mountain grown, dark, not dark. Went through all of it. What are you laughing at? I
0: was just I, <laughs> everything you said. I was doing a different. I don't speak with my hands, but today I feel like. you feel the me speaking to speak with, with my with hands? hands. <laughs> and you went mountain going, you went Italian. I put my, I put my hands out like the oh oh. I got the Italian means here. Okay, I, so my bad, sorry. Fine. So
1: I uh, got coffee, quiet. but then you know, I I just lately mm. I, we need to re- really take our coffee maker and we mm-hmm. need to run it through some vinegar because the coffee, no matter what coffee I get, it's been bitter very no, very bitter.
0: Very bitter. Yeah, we so. yeah. That, that typically means you're you're yes, yeah. you're correct. We need to clean the coffee. By we the need way, to do a deep clean of that coffee yeah. maker. And we've but done you know it a what? couple times. Well you know the thing is also we we've done it a couple times, but I think the coffee has hit inactive. It hasn't been used as much. Mm -hmm. I've been getting my coffee because I I like iced coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I've been getting iced coffee on the way to work.
1: Because we don't have ice at home. Just saying.
0: We don't have (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Okay, clarify And for some reason, the only way I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee is iced. I don't necessarily like it warm. So anyway, I digress. So... With the coffee pot not getting used as much, it's almost as bad as it being cruddy and gummy and nasty. It sits there and, and it actually in turn uh-huh. gets, it, it doesn't taste as good.
1: You know, by the way, that's, uh, you gave me that coffee maker. It's the Ninja Coffee System. <laughs> and you gave it to oh, me sorry. for Christmas.
0: I just went, what? But the fact is, yes, ninjas don't go. Wah. Okay. ninjas are quiet oh. silent stealthy assassins oh okay well anyway <laughs> anyway oh, i digress so anyway, yeah, so hey guess what what i went down a rabbit hole last week shocking one of my clients one of my one of the people i'm trying to help mm-hmm. um get their podcast
1: you're not trying you're doing it
0: <laughs> true One of the people that is asking as, as some of my advice on, Hey, what kind of microphone should I be using for my podcast? So I went down a rabbit hole and I determined that, you know, if I'm going to suggest a mic, I should purchase it. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. (laughs) So ridiculous.
0: We purchased. That's right. Uh, purchased two new microphones and we're speaking to that right now. So, we
1: needed them like a hole in the head.
0: We did. We did. You know why?
1: Why? Tell me why we needed to invest in new microphones.
0: This is why. So, I do the post processing on the podcast, and in the post processing, I have to do a lot of, um, a lot of post static cleanups. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, um, I've been breaking a cardinal rule. You know why I've been breaking a cardinal rule? Why? Vanity.
1: Vanity. Ooh.
0: Vanity, but it's cheap vanity. Okay. So, number one rule for people who want to start a podcast or mm-hmm. do a podcast, I wanna, I want to suggest that you stop buying a certain type of microphone. Ooh, he's very passionate about this, boys and girls. Certain type of microphone. Uh, most people who are starting a podcast don't have a soundproof room. Mm -hmm. If you, and and we do not have a soundproof room. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a room that's suitable for a specific type of microphone, you shouldn't be using it. And I have been using that type of microphone. (laughs) So I bought condenser microphones. I had a mixer and I, and you know, I have some sound processing equipment and um, the, the, problem is a condenser mic, if if you're looking at the podcasting, it picks up a lot of background noise. Hmm. They sound great, silky, smooth. You can get a less expensive condenser mic and get a beautiful sound, but you got to get rid of all the noise in the background. So I said, Julie, it's time to level up. Hmm. And I bought two dynamic microphones. If you are starting a podcast you need to get a dynamic microphone.
1: There you go, boys and girls.
0: And if you're going to buy a USB dynamic microphone, you know what? I'm going to be putting a list together of things that I would suggest. Hmm. Cuz I have a whole mixing board and the mixing board is great, but it's not always that simple for someone just starting out. So, if you're going to get a dynamic uh if you're going to start a podcast, go with a dynamic microphone. You know what type of microphone is not a dynamic microphone?
1: What kind of microphone is not a dynamic microphone?
0: You tell me. It's a microphone that a lot of people buy. But if you don't have a soundproof room.
1: the Yeti. The Blue Yeti. Oh, Dan does not like the Blue Yeti.
0: No, no, it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't like the Blue Yeti microphone. It's a good beginner to mid-level microphone. Oh, okay. And the beginner to mid-level microphone, I mean, it's like a $150 microphone, but it's USB plugs in your microphone. It's great, but it's a condenser microphone. And if you're just starting out, just do the research on that. And you know what? I'm going to help people do the research and we're going to put it in show notes for maybe in the upcoming weeks. And maybe I'll do a special episode also on uh, what to get if you're interested Mm -hmm. or if you are interested just email julie deluca collins
1: no don't
0: email her because right now oh my gosh i have a hard time with my email so and then julie will alert me hey this person needs to know what kind of microphone should i get so anyway off my soapbox oh my god i like julie said it's not that i i don't like blue yeti microphones <laughs> but if you have a lot of background noise you shouldn't be using it so okay. anyway
1: so let me just say you you kind of threw me for a loop because mm-hmm. i had a plan of what i wanted to talk about
0: well the only reason i want to talk about the microphone is mm-hmm. that's kind of my thing it is your thing it's my thing and i'm helping a few people with podcasts mm-hmm. and we help a few other people actually editing and, and producing that podcast mm-hmm. and um
1: listen i'm proud of your thing yeah. i'm so, glad you have a thing anyway that's everybody all. needs a thing
0: i'm off on my thing because you know what this podcast is your thing it's ours but it's yours okay. you're the star I'm not the star. You are shining brightly. No, that's you not what it's about. You an incredible guests that shine so bright. And you guys have incredible conversations. And I'm so proud of the community that you've built around this podcast. Anyway, go ahead. I can go now? You can go now. Okay. Take compliment. So
1: here's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to co- talk about a cognitive distortion that has come to light in my life.
0: Boom boom boom
1: this this week. And it was triggered by an event.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It was triggered by an event that I was looking forward to. And then all of a sudden happened, shocked the hell out of me, made me cry, and then had left me with a taste of experiencing a cognitive distortion that i fight a lot to overcome so should i talk about it do we have enough time i don't know if we have enough time because we're like 17 minutes in
0: i don't know what is it well people want to know about it okay wait a minute yes all right go ahead
1: so the cognitive distortion that I have is that it's called fortune telling or or thought error that I have or, or catastrophizing, which is a combination. It's, it's actually a combination of both. Like many people in my age group, I grew up or grew older watching and identifying with the ladies from Sex and the City. Oh no. I watch this show God, you, religiously. I, oh no. Okay. Religiously.
0: Can't.
1: I'm not going to first of all, if you haven't watched it or if you're not a fan, just fast forward. But
0: If you spoiler, haven't watched it.
1: Spoiler alert. This I'm going to spoiler. spoiler alert. It is it's a spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. But here is a teaching moment and this is why I want to address mm. it because it's something that I'm going through and it's something that I want to make sure that um you know, there's going to be things in your life that trigger cognitive thought errors or things that maybe you thought you dealt with and then you like oh my god i'm back at it again so i want to share what i've been experiencing
0: well don't say what actually happened on the show no Just i'm gonna it. say it i'm gonna say no, it. no you should not hey, do that dan
1: i'm gonna say it because we have to talk about it that's the process now you okay another minute we're going into this here's the thing well, there, there is something that, okay, I will say it this way. How's that? There's something that one of the characters experiences in the show, okay, that is a major life event. And that event that happens to the character happens to be one of my biggest fears. Mm. And all this couple days, I have been dealing with that fear. And I have been like extra alert. I have been extra, um, I don't know what you want to call it. So anyway, Hmm. so what do you do when you are dealing with revisiting your old frenemy, fear, doubt, um, putting, you know, your worst fears of what can happen or may happen in the future. And the thing that I came back to today, I was doing some journaling in the morning because I thought, you know. This is not the first time that I've dealt with it. This is not the first time that I felt this fear. This is not the first time that I'm catastrophizing or fortune telling what can may or may not be in the future. And the reality is that you have to acknowledge, number one, that you're feeling the feelings because the more that you don't acknowledge them, the more that they're gonna fester. Number two, you have to also sit down and realize that in the future, there's nothing that, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't control in the future. Yes, you can control things that can come to pass in the future by what you do today. But when you're focusing in the future, you're robbing yourself of today. So, so important. And I started to list all of the different things while I was grateful for today, the things that I am happy about today. And I decided to set an intention to really be present and in the moment as opposed to allowing my fears to run wild. Mm. Yet, I acknowledge that the fears are present and that these thoughts are there. And slowly but surely, because what you think creates your action and your results. So it's very important to to really be able to understand what you're thinking, because that's going to drive what you're feeling as well. And I didn't want to be in a point of stress, and I didn't want to, Feel, you know, all all these different emotions that come from the thought that this could be something that happens. So I'm focusing on today, really revisiting, but really journaling and being grateful for my current circumstances, hoping and knowing that, you know what, and this is the other thing that I told myself, it doesn't matter what comes because I know that I can handle it and it's still very difficult and it's still creating a little bit of emotion in me, but I just wanted to put it out there.
0: So I understand that's, I mean, <clears throat> I watched, I watched the episode of this TV show with you and it was a very powerful moment. Yeah. And I, uh, I understand how that could send you down a path of thinking, um, that can cause you to start fortune telling and being fearful for something similar happening in your own life. um, So anyway, regardless of what (laughs) triggers that thought, we need to be mindful of how we handle that thought, correct? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And that's, that's my intent. And I think that I want to challenge each and every single person listening today that no matter what you're doing, whatever is going on around you, whether you're meeting people, growing your business, whether you're excelling at your own career, because not everybody is in business and you may have a career or you may be a stay-at-home mom. I want you to think about staying present, but also being aware of the things that you may be thinking, because those are the things that really drive and our behavior becomes unconscious and our behavior becomes that behavior that sometimes we want to change, but it's hard to change when we are not aware of where we're thinking. So be, be mindful of that. And because we're going into the holidays, I want each of you to also be present. I did a little, I did a little reel. Was it a reel or a TikTok this week? It was a reel, I think. And it was my 12 pictures from this past year. And then I realized like, ooh, this is a year in review. And I realized that for next year, I want to shift and change a few things for myself in my life. And that was a really good moment to say, this is where I am and I'm grateful for it. And this is what I want and begin to do the actions today that will take me there. So with that, I want to go back and revisit Reina. Mm. Reina is an incomparable young woman. I am so proud to have her in my life. And she is doing just amazing stuff. She has done amazing stuff already. But I want you to listen and be inspired and know that no matter how young or old or in between you are, you have the power to create change, create change for the people around you, but more importantly, create change within yourself if you are willing to go after your passion and live your purpose.
0: And without further ado, Raina Rose.
1: Please introduce yourself, my friend.
2: Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me on the Casa
0: de Confidence. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um,
2: hello, <laughs> listeners. My name is Raina Rose Exelbeard, the first. I'm the CEO, Chief Empowerment Officer of the Rose Grows, where I am super passionate that all young people, no matter their background, their health condition, their financial status, wherever they live in the world, every young person should have access to personal and professional development. And that's a little bit about me. So brilliant.
1: Oh, such a girl after my own heart. First of all, because for many years in the interwebs, I have been known as New York Red Rose and why is my blog. If people want to check that out. That um, is so cool. And I And red roses, pink roses are my favorite flowers. So the fact that um, your middle name is Rose, but you have this beautiful tribe of women, of young women, um, it's needed. We need more programs like this. But before we talk about Teen Tribe, I want to talk about you. Tell me your story. Who are you?
2: Yeah. So naturally, anything with roses, I love. Um, It's my middle name. It's so funny. When I was growing up and my parents would call me Raina Rose I absolutely hated it. But as an adult, um, I've really grown to love and adore my name Mm -hmm. and asking people why their name, their name is one of my favorite questions to ask anyone. And so to understand a little bit more about me, my middle name Rose comes from my grandmother who was a Holocaust survivor. Mm. Her sister was named Rosa And unfortunately, during the Holocaust, her and her baby, they were hiding from Mm -hmm. the Nazis. And for half a kilo of sugar, they were murdered and sold out. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: when you when you say like, who who are you? um, I don't just think about my 29 years of existence on this planet. I think of the Mm -hmm. series of decisions and sacrifices that my parents, my grandparents and my grand, my great grandparents um, created. Yeah. in order for me uh, to, to be here.
1: Raina, I, I have to say this touches a chord in my heart. Um, you know, I read The Diary of Anne Frank. I was 13. It's one of my favorite books. It impacted me so. Later on, my first husband is Jewish. He had family that um, had been Holocaust um, survivors. He actually has a cousin who is you know, someone who I adore, who lives in San Francisco and works with Holocaust survivors. So I've been uh, privileged to meet people who have impacted this world in such amazing ways because never forget, right? Mm-hmm. And they carry the, I, I don't want to call it a burden, but they carry the torch for the people that, no longer are here. And I love that, you know, that you have um, that um, the memory in, in remembrance of the people that um, you that came before you. Right. And I love that. So thank you for sharing yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, a couple of things. First, I have I have my parents to thank because at a young mm. age, you know, their their example through, you know, my mom taking care of my father's parents like mm. they were her own. Mm. Um, you know, my father obviously got his emphasis on Holocaust education from my grandfather, right. who um, was not only involved at the state level with Holocaust education, mm-hmm. so was my dad when he passed away. My older brother in Memphis, um, you know, mm-hmm. is, is filling out his term, um, a position appointed by by the the governor. And mm-hmm. so for me, I've always had a really strong Jewish, um, identity, but I wasn't really challenged to learn my story until mm-hmm. I started experiencing anti-Semitism in
1: college. Yeah. You know, I think I, that this is hard for people to understand if you've never been discriminated or, or just, uh, um, singled out because of where you come from. Uh, what right. was that like in college to experience that?
2: Well, so when I was eighteen, I went abroad to Israel for a year before mm-hmm. I went to college. Um, I was in the army for three months. I did archaeology. I love it. Day. Did you uh, do?
1: Wait a minute. Did you do Friends of Israel? Um, yeah, uh, that was my my volunteer yeah. Israel program. My ex husband did months. that. He was in the army. Oh my god! What a freaking. Of course, you know my ex husband's an old man now. Sorry, Mark. Um, (laughs) Oh, we love you, Mark, wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so he did Friends of Israel. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. And, you know, my whole intention there was, first of all, the only reason I went to Israel was because it was this opportunity that was always talked about Mm -hmm. in my camp. I always knew it would be something that I would do. It's just as I got closer, there were more reasons of why this was so great for me and why this was so great for me. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you academically, I could have gone straight from high school to college. No problem. Right. But socially and emotionally, I needed this space to get mm. away from my family, to feel independent. It was really the first time in my life as a woman, I felt sexy and smart and confident mm. and dependent and really celebrated, you know, for who I was. So that year changed my entire life. And so I, I was bet. so excited to move to Florida go to college, study business, make a lot of money, and then go into <laughs> politics. And the first week of school, when a boy said to my face, a really cute boy said to my face that Israeli soldiers drink blood, I was like, do I look like someone who would drink blood? And when he was saying all of these things to me, I didn't have facts to, 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 to back up mm-hmm. what I was saying. I just had stories and experiences. Right. And in that moment, when you say, like, how did I feel experiencing discrimination? Yes, I grew I, I grew up a very proud Jew. But in that moment, when I first experienced anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. it wasn't you're violating my religion. It wasn't I'm so smart. I know the history and, and you're wrong. It was this country changed my life. And I know that what you're saying is wrong. It's yep. almost like somebody saying something bad about your best friend. Yeah. And so it was through that challenge that I realized my grandparents survived the Holocaust, but that's all I know. Right. I lived in Israel, but I couldn't really tell you where it was on a map. I couldn't show you that history. So Mm -hmm. through getting involved with all these different nonprofits, I got the opportunity to travel. I got the opportunity Mm. to have resources to plan events on my campus, which gave me confidence and gave me connections and gave me experience. And I was really ahead when it came to organizing in college, because as a teenager, I was never a straight A, you know, student. Mm-hmm. I would certainly never like the star athlete, but my whole life, I've always had a commitment to service and through my commitment to service, that's how I've been able to develop my leadership skills, my communication skills. Mm. So it was, it was through a complete accident that, um, I found my passion and it was through learning my story, embracing my story. Not only did that propel me to success so much quicker, but it taught me how to create opportunities to inspire other people to share their story, to learn their story and to empower others to listen first, share second.
1: Yeah. You know what? And here's the thing. And I think that we're so quick. And I am so guilty of this at times, and I have to continue to work at being better for it, right? Um, I do not want to be the person who is speaking too much and is not listening enough, and is not hearing. Because listening and hearing are two different things. But I think that it's so important that we make it a point to really embrace the stories of somebody else, um, yeah. Because as, it's key.
2: Yeah, and as someone who lost a parent a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. for me to inspire young people to have those conversations, yeah. ask those questions, listen to your grandparents' story while you yeah. still have the privilege of them being here. Oh my
1: god, so good! Such good advice.
2: You yeah, know where I I, what started.
1: rabbit hole I went down the other day, the other what? night. Oh my god, this was a freaking rabbit hole. I typically don't. My phone shuts off right at nine thirty. It says, "Hey, it's time to get ready for bed," <laughs> and then at ten o'clock, it shuts off notifications, whatever. But I happened to get a notification, and I don't usually have them turned on. But it was on. What is that app? The, uh, you know, the ancestry app. And it says, oh, your DNA has changed. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't feel anything. My DNA doesn't feel like change. Okay, let me go check it out. So I went in and then all of a sudden I was, and it, ha- it had like, you have hundreds of matches in the world. These are the people you're related to. And I started to go down my, this rabbit hole. And, and I realized that, you know, I was very close to my mom's mom from El Salvador. My dad's dad and dad's mom, I knew my my maternal, my paternal grandmother, not as well. I didn't get to spend, you know, didn't live with her for a long, I would spend time with her in New York, she would come to visit in Miami, but it was the kind of thing where um, I heard some stories, but the amount of stories that I've chipped away from learning from my cousins and other family the stories are amazing of the people that I, that came before me. And, yeah. you know, my, my, my grandfather, um, his dad, they came from, um, they came, well, th- my family would always say Italy, but it's not Italy, it's Corsica. Um, yeah. But there were two brothers that came and left everything and worked the f- and, and and bought a farm. And it was like that kind of thing where we don't know where we're coming from. And I think that those roots that are there can really help us to ground us and create um, just a a starting point for us to go anywhere we want to go, knowing that the people that have come before us have given so much for us to be here where we are.
2: Right. And I almost feel like I've never had this thought before. but I almost feel like historically we've tried to pass on a lot of that stories yeah. through stuff. Like yep. this was the cup, this mm-hmm. was the table. Yeah. And eventually that stuff starts to add up, you know, oh, sure. I'll never forget like when COVID first started and my mom mm-hmm. decided like, you know, Hey, I'm going to redo this house that I've been in my entire life. And the one that I grew up in and I'm getting rid of all this furniture. Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, I'm so proud of you. Of letting go of some of these things because mm-hmm. sometimes instead of honoring the story we start telling ourselves a story of like why we need to like accumulate like oh, you know accumulate know. all these things and we think about where technology is today mm-hmm. I tell so many of the students I mentor like hey do a podcast with your grandma you don't have That's to true. put it out into the world yep but do a podcast with your grandma and you will be so grateful yeah. when you're older that you have that. You Absolutely. Know, if, you speak, if you wanted a video done, like I, I was at a bat mitzvah party the other night, I was laughing with somebody. You, you have to pay thousands of dollars to have a photo montage at right. your party. You have to hire an expert. <laughs> right. And now your iPhone will do it. So well, it's just a oh, matter for sure. of you know, how intentional do you want to be about uh-huh. creating time? Yeah. Those stories, because you know, it, it's, if you don't make the time it's, it's not going to just like happen. You it's going
1: to go and, away. And here's the thing. I actually, one of the colleges and where I volunteer for the leadership program here in Connecticut, um, the, the young women have to choose a project and actually, um, Angelica was one of my mentees and, um, They worked in a project, and they called it the Voices of a Silent Generation, which is that World War II generation. And Uh their project, because it's a social action project, was to actually go into the nursing homes and go in and record the stories of the people Uh in the nursing homes. Because some of these, these elderly people are not getting visits by family, and they feel alone. And why should we have these stories die with them? Right. Yeah, so. You know, one of my favorite
2: questions to ask people of that age is what's one of the most beautiful memories you have from your, from your life. Mm. One of the things about like listening that I've learned in the last couple of years is when you ask a powerful question, you almost have to count to a hundred in your head because the other person's thinking. And if you interrupt them while they're thinking, they're not going to share as deep of a, of a thought. And I'll never forget this older gentleman started crying Mm. and he looked at me and he he was a Jewish man. And he said, when I was in the American military during world war II, letting Jews out of concentration camps, that was one of the most beautiful memory from my life. And, you know, We can never look at people and assume, Mm -hmm. you know, their experience or, or their values, you know, certainly when, where I met that man, it was a really, really, really nice nursing home. So certainly Mm -hmm. he must have done well, or his children must have done really well for him Mm -hmm. to be there. It just goes to show, you know, from 90 plus years of living that, you know, that's the, that's the experience you still reflect on at, at, your old age
1: yeah, and and I have to say, you know, there's nothing um that can, you know, I've been to the Holocaust Museum in DC. I've been to Israel several times. It's Israel's probably Israel's probably one of my most favorite places on earth because it is modern, mystical, is ancient, full of history, full of life. Mm-hmm. and they're everywhere you turn. Um, I have to tell you a funny story. When I first went to Israel with my ex-husband, we were dating at the time, um, and 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 I I used to work at a church. I was the a confirmation director, in charge of junior high youth ministry as well. But we go and you know here's a nice Catholic girl, nice Jewish guy, go to Israel, and he. I I always knew that I wanted to go to Israel, right? But of course, in my brain, we're going to visit all the Christian sites.
2: <laughs> now,
1: my ex-husband went to high school in Israel. He did um, friends of Israel. He'd been there in the army a couple times. He had visited countless of times. So of course, he knows Israel. And Israel's it, it's not a very big country, by the way, people. Um, it's you can go, I think, five hours from one end to the next. And anyhow. Smaller than Jersey. <clears throat> smaller than Jersey. Correct. So now um, we go and I'm like, well, what am I going to see the Christian sites? And he's like, oh, don't worry. So we rent a car. And the first thing is I I forgot where we were going. And we're driving from Tel Aviv at the airport, you know, where the capital city is to Jerusalem and all of a sudden, there's like two young guys in the army walking at the side of the road. He pulls over. and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're giving them a ride. They're soldiers. Yeah. I'm like, what? We're going to yeah. get murdered. Are you kidding me? Anyway. So for those yeah. people who don't know, this is just what you do. And he basically would open up the ma- the map and he would show it to the people that we would pick up, the hitchhikers, because we did this for the entire 10 days oh, that we were there, right? So yeah. he would show them the map and he would say, okay, where do you want to go? And they mm-hmm. would say, oh, the, and this is, of course, okay, I'm going to date myself. Uh, Pre-GPS. This is, yeah, this is pre-GPS. This is <laughs> before the year 2000, okay, So um, a map and they would point and then we would drive and follow the map. And then he would hand me the map and he's like, okay, what religious thing you want to see around there? (laughs) And that's how we, that's how I saw Israel. And then we would get to the religious site and he, he, you know, he would like, okay, we'd get out. And he's like, oh, look, there's a tour in English. Go step up with them and go walk. (laughs) 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 And then it ended up that there would happen to be this tour. That um, they were all, they were, they were English speaking, but we ended up like meeting, up meeting and coinciding with wherever they were going. So it was so funny because then you go to the, we went to the Dead Sea and they were there. We went to the Mount of Olives, they were there. We went to the River Jordan where they were baptizing them. And I, my ex, Mark, is like, go stand in line get baptized again like
2: we're gonna call the cops this lady is following us everywhere (laughs) anyway
1: it was so funny i actually just um found some of those pictures from the israel trip i should i should scan them and post them but it's so funny i was i'm i was thinking like oh my god look at this cute little outfit i had going on (laughs) but yeah yeah i loved it it was and i mean like Yeah, I could talk about Israel all day, but what's your favorite place in Israel?
2: Oh, God, there's so many. Um, Tel Aviv like will always be like my favorite city. uh, Uh I could see you as a Tel Aviv girl, like New York, Miami combined, but smaller on the beach, on the beach, for sure. But something really special. My first three months in Israel, I lived in this teeny, 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 tiny town in the middle of the desert called Arad. Ooh. And what was really spectacular about Arad, besides the fact at the time it had like three street lights and like two, two restaurants, mm-hmm. like that was it. Um, every morning and every night, because we were literally surrounded by sand in the middle of the desert, the sunrise and the sunset, even for my apartment the Mm. whole apartment would fill up with like all of these colors. And it was just like this almost real life magical kaleidoscope that you could get nowhere else unless you were in the Mm. middle of the desert.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. You know, um, have you ever heard of the, um, the city of Spod? Yeah. Yeah. Spod, of course. Okay.
2: That's the most mystical city yes, in it. Yes, thank you. So.
1: Thank you for knowing that. I love that you know that. It is the mystical city of Svod. Most candles for um, the Shabbos or um, any holidays or the, your Hanukkah candles come mostly from Svod. Uh, yeah, but it okay. is a mystical city. And we we got there. I don't even, this is not our first trip. It, I don't know, it was another one of our trips, but we got there in the middle of the night and we we're staying at this hotel and it was so dark. We go in, like we knock on the door, right? And like the innkeeper and it was a fairly sized, not not a big, you know, chain, but it was like a good sized hotel, not a tiny pension or something small, right? Um, anyway, so I remember like in the morning, we opened the windows and there were this mountains, beautiful mountainside and the sunrise just Coming through! Oh my God, yeah, Netanyahu also. Oh my God, oh, Netanyahu is so beautiful too. Oh gosh, yeah, you're yeah. making me want
2: to go. I need a trip. I listen <laughs> next summer. That's on my vision board.
1: It I, is. I'll see, I'll see you there, sis. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So good. Yeah. It, it. What? Where else have you traveled?
2: Um. So I was just in Italy this summer. My brother got married there. <laughs> Fine. It was a blast. It was different because I'd been to Italy before, but that was like Mm -hmm. with a very lazy ex-boyfriend. So like we did like some things, but like mostly just like did stuff that we could have done here in America. Whereas my brother and his wife, they've been to Italy tons of times. So going with them, um, Mm. going with them. Um, I, I truly felt like, you know, I was getting this really cool, authentic experience. Oh, so fun. I've been really blessed to bring groups of teenagers to Poland for Holocaust Remembrance Day to go to camps and, uh, lead them also in Israel, uh, Mm -hmm. not only to teach them about the history and things that I wish I had been exposed to when I was a teen, um, But to also give them the confidence so that when they go to college, should they experience, you know, any discrimination like I faced, um, you know, they they have a lot more resources and and knowledge and how to handle that. Um, I've been to Panama. Um, Mm. That was an amazing trip. Cuba was incredible. Um, You've traveled,
1: girl. I like it. Yeah. That's why we get along. (laughs) I love to travel.
2: I love to take pictures and pick out outfits and do my nails all cool for all these places. But also um, through the years, I've learned that when I travel, I really like to learn about the Jewish history Mm -hmm. and I like to write about it. And I like to post about it because I realize with my personality and my experiences and my connections Most of the people I'm friends with are never going to go to a concentration camp. Most of the people I'm friends Mm -hmm. with, no matter what their background is, most likely are not going to learn about the Jewish history in Cuba. But me as their friend, Raina, when when I talk about it and I relate it to art or fashion or food and things that they care about, um, then, you know, I'm really creating opportunities for for other people to learn as well as for me to teach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that. This is something that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there, there is so much more than we can learn. Um, And then if, if we, if we get the chance to be with someone who has traveled and been to different places, then we have an opportunity to understand each other better. Right. And, and know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. You live in Florida. Mm hmm what's the best part of living in Florida? That every day
2: feels like spring break. My friends are five years old to 105. Um, you have all walks of life. There's always things going on. Um, where I live, the community is like very well taken care of. The city's Mm -hmm. very clean and everywhere you go, it's always like very well manicured and gorgeous. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Tennessee, we'd certainly have some gloomy days and living in Florida, you know, not every day is always going to be a great day, but certainly yeah. when I'm driving around and I'm outside and my environment is vibrant and beautiful, uh, that has a, a lasting impression on on my soul and on my productivity.
1: I, I don't understand how it's that you live in Florida and I've known you because we met through a mastermind, um, yeah, but I, I can't believe that I think I've been to Florida twice since I've known you and we never met up. So next time I see my sister, we yes. must meet up. I know you're in Boca, but we definitely need to meet up. Um, Rena, yeah. you know, you, you are an accomplished young woman. In uh, and, and addition to having traveled, you're starting a non for profit. You run this this teen tribe that you're changing lives. You're an author. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so the name of my book is called The Girl Who Said Hello to Everyone. Um, it's it's That's really who I am. I learned uh, from my late father mm. um, just the, the importance of making everybody feel acknowledged and um, how mm-hmm. to ask meaningful conversations so that you, yeah. you enjoy the experience and that, you know, possibly the other person could gain something out of it, too.
1: I love that. Um,
2: I always knew I would write a book. I just never imagined that my first book would be a children's book, but you know, beautiful things happen by accident. I I was an, an accident baby. Here I am, you know, 29 years yeah. later. But um, you know, I always like to tell my students, you should write when you're sad. And you should write when you're happy. And when my father first passed away, mm-hmm. I wrote this poem about the different like things that he had taught me and the values I picked up from him. And I honestly forgot about the poem. And then when COVID hit and I was all sad and I pulled out mm-hmm. my journal uh, and started writing again, I found this old poem and I finished it. And I reached out to a friend I haven't seen since elementary school. And I was just like, Hey, it's COVID. I know the world's on fire right now, but I wrote this poem about my dad. You were always an amazing doodler. I know I haven't seen you since like fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in illustrating this into a book? And my friend Allie was like, oh my God, Raina, I, of course, I, I'd love to help you. I've I always wanted that. to illustrate a book. And when Allie said, yes, I'll help you, I realized that Allie's name is short for Alan. And my late father's name was Alan. So before it even got anywhere near shared. Yeah. COVID gave me the gift to be Mm. so present that Mm -hmm. I made that association. And I literally went to the mirror and I looked at myself and I said, whatever you need to do to figure this out, like you got to follow through on this one, because in life, we always have so many ideas and intentions, mm-hmm. and we don't always follow through, and and that's normal. Yeah, but yeah. I do not want this to be one of those things that I look back at and said like, "Shit, should have done it,
0: could have done, done it, it.
1: should have would have could have." You can't, you know. And this is one of these um, thought errors that, although I'm a business coach and I help my 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 business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. Boss ladies, boss up. You know, the the thought errors that are in our brain, like shoulding ourselves and living in the shoulds, and those are the things that prevent us from really moving ahead. And if yeah. you can work through overcoming those thought error patterns, then you are able to accomplish so much more. Um, I love... You know, and I, and I, and as you were speaking, I said it was beshared, uh, which in, in, uh, Yiddish means meant to be, or is it Hebrew? Correct me. Oh my gosh. I
2: think, it, I think it, I think it is Yiddish. It, it I mean, is Yiddish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do it's it.
1: beshared. It's meant to be. And Alan was your dad and your friend, um, Alan as well. I mean, like, that's amazing. And there's yeah. certain things that really align in this world. And you, you know, you took the opportunity to put this together, even though, you could have said, you know what? I, let me just go and in, in, uh binge on TikTok and eat, you know, potato chips because we're in, we're in lockdown. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. By the way, you have a brilliant quote. Um, anger is like fire; it could only grow to do more damage. Nothing puts those fires out better than kindness. Yeah. Kindness is cool. Where do you come up with this stuff?
2: Oh my God! In in the gym, in the car with friends. <laughs> Um, you know, even when I was working at my old job, the rose grows was just sort of like a saying Mm -hmm. when one grows, we all grow. Um, they were just things that sort of like came out, you know, from my experiences and, you know, people are always telling me like, you know, you, you do so much like stuff, like, you know, book and speaking and like this, like how does everything connect? And, the way it all connects is, you know, I only touch projects where I can authentically like be myself, and where mm-hmm. we promote kindness, conversation, resilience. Because you know, public speaking, fundraising, mm-hmm. those are all things that you can learn and develop over time. Right. But kindness, conversation, and resilience—those, um, those are three like core values that every single mm-hmm. person on this planet needs.
1: Oh my gosh that okay i need to quote you on that kindness conversation and resilience i think that that is so true because i think that especially in this world of you know covid post covid whatever you want to call it everything that is that is happening you know we misinterpret our conversation so many times but if we just stop to you know, stop assuming we know what other people think or mean or want from us and just say, you know what, I'm just going to send kindness their way exactly. um, or and I'm just going to listen. Right. Have the conversation. And if exactly. they do, if they do say something or if they're, you know, if if they, you know, hurt you, not that they can hurt your, you know, you hurt yourself by what you're thinking, but really, you do you you become resilient, like, hey, you know, I messed up or I screwed up or that relationship, I can bounce back. And these are key things that would make us all better if we really went after them for sure.
2: Yeah. And and I'll should say too, you know, through sharing your, your challenges, through sharing your tragedies, um, you know, I... I've always been vulnerable. I never realized till I was like an adult that that was like, you know, like a strength. Like I love telling my Uber driver, you know, my life story or like you're <laughs> never going to believe what just happened when they pick me up. Yeah. But, um, recently and I know I touched on this in the mastermind yesterday when we talk about, you know, how uh, powerful our, our thoughts are, yeah. um, you know, financially I've always been in a position where every month I've, I've always paid off my Amex. You know, mm-hmm. thank God my parents paid for my education. Um, but through a series of events, starting this past May, um, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was just paying that minimum. Yeah. And it got to a point I'd say two months ago where every single morning I would wake up, and my very mm-hmm. first thought would be, "I owe Amex zero 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 zero, like whatever the right, number whatever was. the number was, yeah." And it crippled my entire day and Mm -hmm. i'm not someone who gets embarrassed or is ashamed Mm -hmm. but this was something that i was like i i held it in i didn't want to talk about it with people Mm -hmm. and a couple things happened that changed number one um you know really good friend of mine krista shout out um (laughs) we, we just met recently but friendship's not how long you've known someone, it's it's how that person treats you. Yeah, um, for sure. And having, you know, the, the courage to share that with Krista and share that with some other friends. Mm-hmm. Once I put that out in the open, yep. that was step one. Mm-hmm. And then step two was anytime I thought about Annex or anytime I thought about boy drama or anytime mm-hmm. I had a thought that wasn't good, because no matter how happy or successful or unsuccessful, whatever it is, you're going to have good thoughts and you're going to have bad thoughts for sure. So for the last month, every time I have a bad thought, the second it comes to my brain, Mm -hmm. I've been telling myself, I am healthy. I am wealthy. Most of the time I say it, I really like, don't even believe what I'm saying. I'm just saying it to not think that that bad thought. Mm. But when I tell you in the last month, I've paid off half my balance. I've booked eight speaking engagements. I've launched a nonprofit. All these people who've been in my life the whole time mm-hmm. who are now supporting me and helping me, including you. It wasn't that y'all weren't there before. It was that I wasn't putting myself energetically, right. emotionally, physically, in the space to even receive
1: Girl, I the,
2: the support,
1: you know? Amen. And here's the thing, you know, even and, and you and I had this conversation briefly too, right? Because I, I had the choice during COVID to either feel sorry for myself and uh, boy, did I feel sorry for myself. And I had to journal about this. And, and, and I, um, I think I talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast, uh, you know, because I haven't really been recording, but, or my, I might've said this to my group coaching class, but like, I had to really push myself and realize that by feeling sorry and feeling bad about like poor me, sick, meh. Won't want right then my brain, then I'm gonna feel like shit. And when I feel like shit, then I don't Everything do the small. things, and then I just sit in my you know two, three day old pajamas. Yeah. Right, my hair is not combed. I jumped in the shower and I went back and I and I said, you know, this is one morning I woke up and I'm sitting there and I realized that the result I was getting of feeling shitty is because I was thinking I was having a shitty time of being sick. And was yeah. it hard to get out of bed? Of course. Did I feel phenomenal physically? I didn't. But when I, you know, uh, Dr. Fogg, I, I'm a certified tiny coach habit. I had tiny habits coach. Uh, Dr. Fogg, one of the tiny habits that he teaches is open your eyes. And when you open your eyes, you tell yourself it's going to be a great day, and then you whoop whoop celebrate it, right? And that, that morning, okay, I had to pee, got up, okay, hi, it's going to be a great day, and the dogs are following me to the bathroom. I'm like, boys, <laughs> it's going to be a great day, whoop, whoop. And I didn't feel like it, but I said it, and then I was like, I'm going to jump in the shower. Then yeah. the what? What was the next best thing? I'm going to comb my hair. No, you know what? I'm going to wash it and I'm going to blow dry it. And that, it's like, okay. And at the end of the day, I felt better. And we get so stuck in the minutia that that guy cut us off or my boss yelled at me. But we have the power to not allow it to hurt us. We can't allow that. You know, and, and, and if we think back to... You know, the resiliency of our human race, even of the people who went through the Holocaust. Think about yeah. the goodness and kindness and beauty that they put out into the world despite what they went through. So, yeah. yeah I, anyway, I'm off my soapbox for the day.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, it's, you know, it, it's so much easier to be kind than it is to, to be mean. And- it takes a lot of
1: energy to be mean.
2: Yeah. It and drains you. Yeah, and you know when you feel bad about yourself or you're down on a situation, mm-hmm. helping someone else out is is always going to bring yeah. you more light and and more. Agree. And
1: mm-hmm. this is why I love a lot of your message, and this is what I love about you because I think that even you know in what you were talking about, you decided you know what I don't know where my that money's coming from, but I'm gonna you know I, I'm gonna change what I'm my tune change yeah. the radio station.
2: And, and, and when I tell you that that station is so changed for those of you who are just meeting me for the first time, my cat is now modeling for Chewy. My cat is bringing in money. Go. So I want to hear you say now I am healthy. I am wealthy. I know it sounds yeah. it's, but it is, it is that mantra is working out great for me. It is. You know,
1: I, I, um, I have uh, my husband thought I was nuts when we first got married, um, I I say to myself, money comes easily and frequently to mm-hmm. me. And I have these fake $100 bills and I write on them that says, money comes frequently and easily to me. And I have them in like weird places of my house. So like when I'm going down to the laundry in the I hate the basement. Okay. I don't hate it, I guess, but I, it's not my cup of tea to go down the rickety old steps to the dark, damp basement. But I have it in there because I want to see it and remind myself that money comes easily and frequently to me. And, you know, we have to focus on that.
2: Yeah. And, and my biggest advice too for business owners is don't focus on the number, focus on, I have the ability to help so many people. I have the ability to inspire, you know, someone, I have a program or I have a product that's going to change lives because when you go at it from a place of service and love,
1: Mm. you're going
2: to, you're going to attract the clients and the gigs and the speeches and the programs that you want. Yeah. When you're coming at it from the angle of, you know, my, my product costs a hundred dollars. And if I sell (laughs) 200 of them, I'm going to get this amount of money. Or right. I owe Amex this amount of money, and I'm going to get it like this. Yeah, um, the formula doesn't work like that.
1: No, it, and, and 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 even in your job, if you're looking to, um, you know, if you're looking for that promotion, and all you're focusing is like, oh my God, I need, a, I need, I need, I need a raise. I need to make more money. Look at it from, you know, how can I change to mm-hmm. grow with the skills that will make a larger impact. In yeah. The place yeah. in the work where I I whatever it is that I'm doing. Whether
2: um, whether yeah. that's in your office or outside <coughs> of the office, like when you're talking about growing a skill, when COVID first started, um, a bunch of my speaking engagements had been canceled. And I was like, Okay, as a speaker, I tried, I'm done. Let's get a full-time job. There were no full-time jobs available. Mm-hmm. And I listen a lot to Gary Vaynerchuk, and one of him. the things that Gary preaches is get stuff and flip it on eBay. So I went on Facebook and I started mm-hmm. sourcing all these books, Harry mm-hmm. Potter, whatever, people cleaning up their house because it's COVID. Right. And I would take those free books and I would sell them on eBay. And my brother, Julie, really used to make so much fun of me. He'd be like, oh, Reyna, you made 13 cents. Oh, Raina, you made $2. Mm-hmm. Well, learning how to ship those books for eBay came in real handy months later when I had to yeah. ship a thousand of my own books all around the country. That's fast So no, first of all, no experience is too small Never. or too insignificant, you know, even as an entrepreneur, I take mm-hmm. on side hustles recently. I've been doing a lot of catering, you know, for uh, a girlfriend of mine and I learn stuff every time I go, I learn how to plate the food. I learn yeah. how to set the table and these are all things that, um, you know, are only going to enhance my future endeavors while also helping me
1: accomplish my financial goals. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know how my brain works, right? So now I'm thinking, ooh, she knows how to plate. She knows all these things. She could possibly create like this whole other arena where she's in her mentoring to young girls, teaching them this skill that if they want to be caterers, they can do that.
2: A hundred, you know, a hundred percent. When when I was
1: in college,
2: I was, mm-hmm. you know, limited to, to babysitting. I didn't have a mentor who said, Reina, you're speaking for all these nonprofits. You should charge them. Raina, you know, you're organizing all of these events. Mm-hmm. You could be getting sponsors. I didn't have that kind of support. Right. Whereas with the teens I'm working with now, they're launching businesses, they're launching podcasts, things yeah. that I wasn't able to do until my late 20s, they're now accomplishing at 15, 16, 17. And when we look at the future of the mm-hmm. workplace and we look at how many women, you know, receive venture capital, I'll never forget when I worked in the nonprofit world, when I would interview interns, mm-hmm. the majority of the applicants were always women. So at a young age, mm-hmm. women are invested and interested in a by leadership. It's just, there needs to be more spaces for them to right. get the skills and have the opportunities to be heard, seen. Right in a position of leadership because this, it doesn't yeah. doesn't exist in the schools and if you're not lucky enough to be a part of, you know, a network or a nonprofit Correct. or a certain community then unfortunately, you know, your 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 children is is going to miss out on that development at a at a critical time in their life. What what
1: you just said in, you know, and I want to unpack this a little more because you know, you're talking about the amazing things that your mentees are able to accomplish at a young age, right? They're 15, 16. Now let's move this another step further. How old are you, Rena? I'm 29. She's 29 and she's a speaker. She's a philanthropist. She's traveled the world. She has a podcast. She has a business. She's launching a non-for-profit. And she also has written a book. Now, if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, holy shit, I, I'm a terrible person because I have not accomplished anything in my life. And look at her. I want you to know that one, number one, Get out of your own, get out of Lorena's lane, stay in your own lane, put your eyes on the prize of where you are, because I am sure that you have had a big impact. You just haven't had that record that you're keeping of what you've accomplished. But more importantly, you did not have that Role model, because in, when we were 29, we didn't see a lot of our mothers doing this. We didn't see a lot of our grandmothers. Maybe sometimes we did, but ultimately as women, we haven't had, you know, all these women in the C-suite. We haven't had all these women just breaking barriers. And Rena's in a point in which she is doing that. And we, no matter how old we are, have the opportunity to continue to grow and do these things so that we are not the exception to the rule. We are the norm. And stop the comparison, but really focus on what is it that you can do now? You know, think about, you know, I think of, you know, so many different women, Uh, Mary Kay Ash, for instance, founded Mary Kay Cosmetics, which still, if you look at their sales, In the world, they probably have the most sales. Okay, well, we can go and sidetrack ourselves on that. But the reality is that she started a multi-million dollar company at age 40, right? Age doesn't define us anymore.
2: Mm
1: -mm. Age is a number that if you stop thinking about it, just think about what you can accomplish today by giving of your skills and committing yourself in intentionally deciding what you want. Yeah. And
2: and I yeah. And and I would add I think one of the ingredients that has made me so successful has come from my parents training mm. me at a young age that everybody has something to teach you no matter how old they are. Yeah. So for me Even though I know people are different ages, my whole life, I've always talked to everybody the same because I've, I've just, I've, I've always felt drawn to people no matter how old you are or what your situation is. And I think having that ability to have input from, from such a, a a large gap, um, just gives me, you know, unique forms of, of, of support, um, as well as more meaningful, you know, connections and relationships that enhance my day-to-day life.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, that, that is such a huge accomplishment, you know, for sure that you've taken what your parents taught you and you're implementing that in your life. Rena, what is one big lesson that you want other people to know?
2: Be the first to say hello.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: I can't, I can't tell you how many times throughout my life people have always said, you know, in my in my yearbook or in conversation, like, you know, you were the first one to invite me to sit next to you. You were the first one to say hi to me. And when we're in new situations, everybody's like having, you know, some kind of anxiety. So if you I keep saying this because I really believe that confidence takes courage. Mm. But if you have the courage to be that person, um, then, you know, people are really going to be drawn and want to want to be around you. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. I love that. Um, One of the biggest things that I think that we see right now in our society is that people are splintering themselves because of believes, you know, and and I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say your beliefs are wrong, but I I'm seeing so much drama lately. Yeah. Um, you know, your your message of kindness definitely is one that is important, but how do we create bridges with each other?
2: Yeah. So, it comes in two ways. Number 1, we need to celebrate differences. Mm. Um, something that I learned like really impactful from our friend, uh, Kimmy Wilson, shout out to Kimmy, go sign up for her box. Yeah. We one time, you know, had a call and she was very emotional and she was saying, don't tell me that you don't see color. Don't tell me Mm. that you don't see my skin. My experience in this country is different. And she went on to say that, you know, I come from a background where I've always been friends, you know, with with people of all races mm-hmm. and nationalities, and I've always said I don't see color, I don't see skin tone, mm-hmm. but I realized in that moment it it is about celebrating the yeah. differences. It is acknowledging mm-hmm. that we are different. Um, to understand each other doesn't mean that you know we have to agree. Um, And for me, what was really cool was when I was like working on this book, when we talk about differences, it's not just differences in in politics and how you believe, but Mm -hmm. we can also leverage our differences when it comes to our talents and when it comes to our passions, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I probably had 30 plus people contribute and making this book a thing because Mm -hmm. they all had skills that I didn't have. Right. So the book is truly like a celebration of, of, of all of our, of, of all of our differences. Yeah. So it's, you know, finding ways to, to, to really like listen to, to other people. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, it's not our place to tell somebody else that they shouldn't, you know, feel that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I I was having an argument with a friend and he made the comment that was like, no, it didn't happen like that. You shouldn't feel like that. Like da, 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 Mm da. And I just looked at him and I was like, I'm over what happened. But I just want to point out that when you're having a conversation with somebody, whether Mm -hmm. you think you did something or not, Mm -hmm. when the other person says I'm upset, then you acknowledge that that person's upset. And you apologize when you start deflecting Mm -hmm. to, it meant this or it did that. Right. You were invalidating my experience. So, right. like, I don't give a shit if you're actually like, sorry, but like, don't sit here and tell me right. that how I feel is incorrect because clearly, if I'm communicating it, then this is how I feel. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to building bridges, listen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't, and, and, and don't like push advice. Yeah, don't or,
1: invalidate like, the experience. It's such a exactly. good advice. Um, we, we definitely, um, you know, can never say that we have walked on somebody else's shoes.
2: Yeah. Like and, as, a, yeah. as a white woman, I've never experienced racism as a Jewish student in college. I was cyber bullied. I had a fake eviction notice put on my door I faced Holocaust discrimination. I went through a lot of shit as a Jewish mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Because being a Jew makes me a minority. Right. But for most people who see me on the outside, they're like, oh, right. you know, white woman. Yeah. Probably <clears throat> never experienced anything like that before. It's
1: life. funny. We we actually, um, Dan and I, you know, my, my, my handsome hot husband, hashtag, uh, and I have traveled and one of the things that drives him crazy is, and and I tell him it's because of my bracelets because I like to wear a lot of bracelets, which I've taken off. Look there, I've taken them off so that I don't make a lot of noise in the podcast. But right. um, but <laughs> when I go when I go through security, I'm a little more colorful. I I am a brown skin person, maybe not as brown as others, but. I typically get stopped. and he's like, I remember he was he he said he we were trying to catch a flight from where were we? We were in Switzerland with, in Geneva visiting my cousin, and we were flying to to Spain, and we were running late. and he and like I got like talk about pulled out of line, patted down. I, I've never been more intimate with a, you know, it wasn't TSA because we were in, in Europe. But yeah. I've never been more intimate, but I have been very intimate with other TSA agents. Um, and he's like, and- I hated that my Hispanic wife gets pulled out of line all the time. And, yeah. you know, for people who, you know, people can say, oh, Julie, you know, maybe you were wearing too many bracelets or maybe this. But I've still had the experience yeah. Um, it's it's
2: your experience and you know yeah. I need to get to the airport earlier because if I experience some of this racial profiling bullshit I can't <laughs> afford to miss my flight
1: yeah and we, we have to just you know even if you don't believe that I'm being racial, racially profiled which may or may not be the case I don't think many times I am I really honestly think it's my bracelets but um, <laughs> but if someone says that to you just listen don't invalidate the experience because we we all want to be seen. We all want to mm-hmm. be known. We all want to be understood. And just saying, wow, I'm sorry that happened to you goes a lot further than saying, oh, no, you weren't being whatever, right? Fill in the blank. So that's important. Um, yeah. What's in the future for you, my friend?
2: The future for me is traveling the world. Um, sign me up when's your like, next trip where are you going um so my next working trip is uh memphis tennessee next month oh um i'm going on tour with the book i'll Ooh. be speaking in um a few different elementary and middle schools all about the girl who said hello to everyone
1: um doing oh my really God. Cool
2: stuff.
1: you yeah, should come to great. Connecticut.
2: I would love that. Okay. You know um, what?
1: I know someone that knows someone that maybe we can work something out. Hold on. I need to make a note of that. Um, perfect. I would. Oh, my God. I totally. I Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this offline.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so you're traveling oh yeah, for the book. I'm. Um, I'm stoked about that. I'm working with some teachers on some lesson plans to go along with my book for different age groups. So good. K through 12, also students Mm -hmm. um, with special needs. Um, So it's, it's again, if I didn't have the support of people like you and other people Mm. in my community, um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the strength or the bandwidth to accomplish all that I do.
1: Well, you have a lot of bandwidth. I'm going to tell you that. And you have a lot of, um, Gump, gumption. What's the word? I can't even speak lately. My God. Dan is afraid. Okay. So I learned to speak English. And I learned, you know, obviously I was born in El Salvador. My dad is American, so he would, you know, speak to us in English. But I definitely, you know, Dan is afraid that as I get older, I'm gonna revert to only speak Spanish. <laughs> Oh <laughs> I love it. English.
2: Oh my God. I um, get him some Rosetta Stone for Christmas then. right you
1: think? Um, yeah. One of the biggest things that I, I love about you and I don't think a lot of people will know unless they go stalk you on social media, which they should. Um, but tell me about your love of shoes.
2: Oh my God. when you have awesome shoes, you go awesome places and when you talk about confidence, when you are comfortable, you naturally come off more confident. Like, first of all, I will tell you in my college life, some of the most wildest, the most fun nights were the nights where my hair was in a bun. I had no makeup on and a t-shirt and was not expecting an adventure. And um, I just kind of made the decision a long time ago that I don't really want to wear high heels anymore. Like I still wear them occasionally, (laughs) but galas, dates, work, I'm always in sneakers and a dress and, you know, through the years, I've definitely had people come up to me and be like, your sneakers are distracting and, you know, I'm not going to let them dimmer my shimmer. I just say, you know, thank you very much. The best is, you know, when I'm at some of these big fundraising galas, you know, you have older women in like their seventies and their eighties coming up to me and they're like, can you wear those? And I look at them, I'm like, it's 2021, baby. You can do whatever the hell Hell you want. And they're always like,
1: whoa, whoa. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, how funny. I have to say, I've been, I've of course been to several galas and and events and, um, I love dressing up, but one of the last gala, oh, it was actually before COVID, right? The last gala I went to was, um, for the children's hospital here in Connecticut and my friend is in charge of you know putting it together and we were helping volunteering and I actually wore not sneakers but I wore flats and I was like I don't care if these are not fancy flats, I don't care. I'm gonna yeah. be comfortable and and guess what? When midnight rolled around, I was still dancing and guess what? And I do have a nice collection of high heel shoes. Um yeah. so
2: yeah, there's a there's, there's a time and a place for
1: everything. And
2: I truly believe everybody should have like something unique when it comes to their wardrobe, whether it's like socks are your thing or earrings are your thing, or you do something cool with your makeup, or you've always got on bracelets, you know, for some women, it might be something very expensive, like a handbag collection. And for yeah. others, it could be something as small as, you know, I just like always like to wear, you know, a watch, whatever it is. I love it.
1: I love that. You know, I could probably talk to you for another hour, but I won't because I got to give my voice a rest. Um, it's been so fun to have you. Uh, Raina, how do people connect with you? And if they are interested, if they know, uh, some teen girls that maybe need to um, be mentored, um, to become the women of tomorrow today, um, how do they connect with you?
2: Fabulous! Uh, thanks for thanks for putting the uh, self promotion in there. You can find more information about my group mentorship at teen t e e n tribe t r i b e dot com. Um, you can also learn more about me and uh, also my private mentorship at the rose grows com. I'm active on all social media channels. If there's anything I can do to Support you, support your daughter, help you write a book, answer any questions that you think I may have some experience or connections in that area. Uh, When one grows, we all grow, and I want to support you. Jolie, thanks Uh, for having me on the Casa de Confidence.
1: Well, thank you so much, uh, Raina Rose. And you're doing amazing things, continue to do what you're doing. You're creating a legacy for yourself, but most of all, you're empowering women to go out and have a legacy of their own. And thank you for creating evidence that we can do anything that we set our mind to, no matter how old we are. And don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Love it. Toodles.
0: joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook, and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your
1: everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey. And I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all. But the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's mastermind.